Hey, notice of removal. Although you can really take care of most of the situations in any lower courts, if you really know what you're doing, but oftentimes you will find that it's reasonable for you to remove it. So instead of waiting to first get that initial case dismissed and then bring in a claim, there's something called a counterclaim. And the way that a counterclaim is done is through a notice of removal. A counterclaim is basically any other situations or any other claims that come up out of a circumstance that someone else is bringing against you. In other words, a counterclaim is basically think of it like a counterpunch or counterkick or counterattack within any type of martial arts. If someone punches you or kicks you, you would do a, do a counter to that. What a counterclaim is, is, is an offensive move. It takes you from being a defendant to a position of a plaintiff. So now whoever is initially suing you plus whoever might have caused you damage in the process of that other party bringing claim against you will now be a defendant whereby you're a plaintiff. And that is laid out in all throughout federal rules of civic procedure and your state rules of civic procedure. Uh, if you were to go to federal jurisdiction, if you were to remove it, if you don't want to remove it to an, uh, a higher state court, if you want to remove it to a federal court, it's in rule 13 of federal rules of civic procedure that governs counterclaim. Says a pleading must state as a counterclaim any claim that at the time of its service, meaning you will have to deal with it just like you do a regular complaint if there was no other issues involved. You have to serve in the summons, but in this case the summons will be the notice of removal. And in some cases you have to do a summons also. The pleader has against an opposer party if the claim arises out of the transaction or occurrence that is the subject matter of the opposing party's claim. Meaning whatever the opposing party is saying you've done, if another subject matter arose out of that, for instance, say you were arrested for supposed aggravated assault, and in the process of that, the municipal employee actually battered you and engaged in assault and make statements like, well, look at the way you look, look at the way you're dressed. Look at the way you speak. You speak in a different language. I don't feel comfortable with that. I have to do this with you and do that. Out of that, there was no search warrant. They searched you. They didn't articulate the suspicion of a crime to you because they have to invoke that. There has to be a reasonable expectation that a crime was committed, is being committed, or is about to be committed for them to invoke a frisk or a Terry stop or for them to begin to even come close to an exigent circumstance. And they didn't do any of that. They just started, they just received the call and they just came up there all hyped because most of these municipal police are always in a heightened state. And it's a culture for them to be like that because, well, money is made much more easier when people are in a state of fear. Emotional trauma and stimulation of the emotions is very good for economics and money. So say they just come in there heightened and they just railroaded you. And as, well, as a result of that, your due process, your, your right to be served a warrant, uh, the existence of a crime, a lot of things, unusual punishment, a right to association, all of that came up. And then at the end, 
they sued you in a court saying, yeah, well, we received a phone call from somebody that says that this guy attacked someone. So that's why we had to go up there and treat him the way we did. And now we're bringing him in court. Well, what you will do in that situation is a counterclaim because your claim will arise out of the occurrence that is the subject matter of the opposing party's claim. Even if it's something like a traffic ticket, if due process was violated, you can do a counterclaim. And how you do that is this. It's within 28 USC 1441. It's called the no in summary, it's called a notice of removal. You make a plain statement uh, so that they don't do a 12B6 on you. Just make it very simple, two, three sentence. This case heading blah, 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 blah is hereby removed to name the name of the other court that you're removing it to. If it's a federal court, name the name of the district court or claims arising out of, if you want, you can use this verbiage or not. And then you put that on the docket and you send it to the opposing party and whoever else is the new party that you're joining. And you do a regular summon for them. And then you take all the documents within the docket of that old case within the state court. Everything from the beginning to the end, including the disposition. You take it and you add it ex exhibit onto the removal notice. That is very important because you have to show that new court that you're removing it to that, okay, this is the situation at hand. Otherwise, if all they see is your counterclaim and a notice of removal, they're thinking, okay, what, what, where is the situation that your claim arose out of? They have to see it. That's how that works. But nonetheless, it's in 28 U.S.C. 1441. It says, except as otherwise expressly provided by act of Congress, any civil action brought in state court of which the district court of the United States have original jurisdiction may be removed by defendant or the defendants to the district court of the United States for the district and division embracing the place where such action is pending. How does the district court of the United States have original jurisdiction? They let you know. Based on diversity of citizenship, that's one. Based on the amount, if it's at least 75,000, amount of damages that you're claiming from your counterclaim, or three, if there's a federal question. And the good part is oftentimes the substantive rights that secure within your state constitution, there are synonymous verbiage within the federal versions. So if it's due process you're looking at, if it's warrant, all that, if it's rights association, rights to bear arms, it's in a federal also. So once you invoke any federal laws, then the jurisdiction goes with it automatically. So those are the three ways that the district court can have original jurisdiction. And in some cases, if you bring in state laws whereby there's no equivalent version on the federal level, then they will call that subsequent jurisdiction. And once the federal issue has been dealt with, they will remand the subsequent issue back to the state court. Not because they're denying you there, but just because they don't have jurisdiction over it because there's no equivalence on a federal level or you've yet to invoke equivalence on a federal level. So they're going to remand it back to state court to make decisions for it. So that's basically what this is really saying, but deeper explanation is this. Removal based on diversity of citizenship, which is one of the ways. In determining whether civil action is removable on the basis of the jurisdiction under 1332A of this title, citizenship of the defendant sued under fictitious name shall be disregarded in entities that are not natural persons. Legal fictions can be sued also. 
civil action otherwise removable solely on the basis of the jurisdiction under 1332A of this title may not be removed if any of the parties and interests properly joined and served. Properly joined and served through by letting them know that there's a notice of removal from the court, the lower courts, and through the other party that you are pulling to the federal court or the other higher state court. And then, of course, a summons to them as defendants is a citizen of the state in which such action is brought. So, in other words, it's telling you you have to be of different citizenship status. Different citizenship status. It can be of someone from a different state, or it can be based on your nationality, one way or the other. And just to look at 1332, it basically really summarizes the same thing. Reversity of citizenship amount of controversy, which is the third one. It says the district court shall have original jurisdiction of all civil actions where the matter and the controversy exceeds the sum value of seventy five thousand. There you go. That's the third way. The amount, the diversity of citizenship, and federal question. Exclusive of interest and costs, and is in between citizen of different states, diversity of citizenship. Keep in mind, this word state can really just mean different entities in some cases. It doesn't necessarily have to be different, you know, state of Iowa and the other party from state of Texas or state of New York, etc. Citizens of a state and citizens or subjects of a foreign state. Except that the district court shall not have original jurisdiction under this subsection of an action between citizens of a state and a citizen or subject of a foreign state who are lawfully admitted for permanent residence in the United States and are domiciled in the same state. Regardless of whether you are here as an employee or not, so long as you're in the same state, we don't have jurisdiction. There has to be a true diversity of citizenship if that is what you're claiming. But even if the, the parties that, you know, that originally sued you that you were doing a counter to is from that same state, you're still qualified based on the amount and federal question. Foreign state defined in 1603 of this title as plaintiff and citizen of a state or of a different state. Well, 1603. Foreign state except as used in 1608 includes political subdivision of a foreign state or an agency and instrumentality of foreign state is defined as subsection B. Agency or instrumentality of a foreign state means any which separate legal persons, corporation otherwise. There you go. The entities are just different who owes different status. Then it tells you how to join them. A claim arising under the Constitution, laws or treaty of the United States. Meaning this is a third way, a federal question. If you have a question that you know that arises based on the Constitution of the federal jurisdiction or any treaties. Keep that in mind. 
then they have jurisdiction. Joinder means they have jurisdiction. So those are the three main ways. Now read this section so you can just get a better and deeper understanding of it. There's one more that's very important. The amount of time. You have 30 days to remove it. Now if you don't remove it within 30 days they give you a vague opening meaning you can so long as you have a reasonable cause to say okay I didn't remove it within the first 30 days so after the first 30 days I'm removing it because of this if it's reasonable then you can do it but nonetheless the general outline is 30 days generally a defendant or defendants desiring to move to remove any civil action from state court shall file in the district court of the United States for the district and division within which such action is pending a notice of removal signed pursuant to rule 11 of federal rules of civic procedure so you have to understand this because this is the rules that they use as operation of their parliamentary procedures within the federal court your notice of removal add it to that state record and then take everything on their docket add it to that same notice of removal and open an, uh, a counterclaim on a federal level and then send a notice of removal to the respective parties that you are making that counterclaim against according to pursuant to rule 11 of federal rules of civic procedure containing a short and plain statement of the grounds for removal don't be long-winded together with a copy of all process there you go see together with a copy of all process pleadings and orders served upon such defendants or defendants in such action requirements generally the notice of removal of a civil action or proceeding shall be filed within 30 days remember generally meaning there is twofold just like there's general law and special law when you see this word generally there's always an obverse which is there there can be special circumstances it has to be a very good one but nonetheless the notice of removal of a civil action or proceeding shall be filed within 30 days after the receipt of the defendant through service or otherwise if it's a traffic ticket they have served you a summons the moment they they hand you that ticket that's you being sued right in the middle of the street and sometimes they don't even serve you summons in criminal cases because they don't want you to remove it and that could be part of your affirmative defense as a special circumstance as to why you haven't removed that outside of 30 days lack of service or process that will be part of your counterclaim if you want it to be but there are way more stronger causes beyond that but just you know you can come up with it if it really apply and it's reasonable so nonetheless you have 30 days after the receipt of the defendant through service or otherwise see or otherwise meaning there are many other ways they can join you of a copy of the initial pleading setting forth the claim for relief upon which such action or proceeding is based the complaint or within 30 days after the service of summons usually the summons is built out of the complaint upon the defendant of such initial pleading has then been filed in court and is not required to be served on a defendant <laughs> whichever period is shorter so it goes on to say when a civil action is removed solely under section 1441A, federal question, all defendants who have been properly joined 
and served must join in or consent to the removal of the action. Meaning if there's more than one defendant, and if more than one man or woman were in the same case and you guys were defendants, all the other guys must consent to it. And usually it's just one affidavit that says, yes, we accept this or we hereby you know, join the removal, blah, blah, whatever it is, however you want to say it, just make reference to the removal and show that you consent to it. It's that simple. If there are more than one defendant. Then it goes on to say, and that is if you are all properly joined. Each defendant have 30 days after receipt by or service on that defendant of the initial pleadings or summon describing in paragraph one to file notice of removal. So all these other guys, if there's more than one defendant, they all also have to file a notice of removal too, or consent to it. If defendants are served at different times and a later served defendant files a notice of removal, any earlier served defendant may consent to the removal even though that earlier served defendant did not previously initiate a consent to the removal. And in some situation you will realize that they amend their complaints. So whenever they amend their complaints, even if they amended their complaint 90 days, 100 days after they initially sued you in the state court, it, that amended complaint basically resets the time. And it's telling you, except as provided under subsection C, which is requiring removal based on diversity of citizenship. If the case stated by the initial pleading is not removable, and if for whatever reason you have somehow been disqualified from being able to remove it, a notice of removal may be filed within 30 days after receipt by the defendant through service or otherwise of a copy of an amended pleading, motion, order, or other papers from which it may first be ascertained that the case is one which is or has been removable. There's another loophole that's a special circumstance. Requirements removal based on diversity of citizenship. The case may not be removed under section B3 on the basis of jurisdiction conferred by 1332 more than one year after commencement of the action unless the district court finds that the plaintiff has acted in bad faith in order to prevent a defendant from removing the case. Here's another thing you have to prove. I have to prove that the whoever it is that is suing you or you guys have basically done things in bad faith to prevent you from being able to exercise the operation of law, which is the removal of any case. And you have one year to do that. Here's, that is another exception to the 30-day limitation. And the one, section 1332 it makes reference to here is diversity of citizenship. So read it. Basically just tell you that the three main ways that you can qualify to remove a case to a federal jurisdiction is if there's diversity of citizenship, the legal entity or the natural man. If the amount is at least under 5000 or if there's a federal question in the issue. Which is basically the, the conditions for you to be able to remove it. So there's an exception to the 30 days. 
that there's bad faith and they've willingly and knowingly prevented you from being able to re remove it and uh, you know enforce substantive right to move the case or if there are any other special circumstance or if the case has been amendment amended one way or the other then you can remove it or if you were not properly served and you weren't aware that a case was going on then the first time you were able to realize that oh wait hold on there's a case going on here all right well I'm removing it and here it is right here the papers from which it may first be certain that the case is one which is removable and the first moment where you realize that it's removable based on the fact that you weren't properly served properly joined you can bring up that claim too and then there's more there's more and then it goes on to the fact that you can either make monetary damages claim or not but nonetheless those are the four main ways five shall I say first you need a counterclaim to qualify for a removal so in other words you better know what you're doing about how to construct the claim and how to come at them or else they're gonna throw judicial immunity qualified immunity uh, all b6 all that they're they're gonna come at you they're gonna throw a motion to dismiss all that crap so know how to really formulate a suit because a counterclaim is you suing them two is do a notice of removal put it on the case send it to the, the whoever is suing you and whoever else you realize need to be sued and send them a notice uh, a, a summons also and take that notice of removal send it to the whatever court you're removing it to and take everything regarding the old case where the new claim arose out of where they sued you Take it as exhibits and attach it to that notice of removal along with your counterclaim. And three, make sure that there's either a diversity of citizenship or the amount of damage you're claiming is at least 75k or that there's a federal question. Meaning you're making a constitutional claim. Constitution is secured, right? They're in the federal constitution. Is there more? Yes, but here's a reference for you. You got it. Read it. Best of luck. Godspeed. Now, after all of that happens, and you say the outcome is not in your favor, and there was a newfound evidence that you ought to have brought in that you didn't, or there was an error that you did in fact objected to and took exception to, and you denied on record, then you can do an appeal because an appeal cannot look at new evidence other than the ones that you were not aware of and there's a reasonable expectation that you could not have been aware of it at that point and you can bring it back up aside from that appeals cannot look at new evidence appeal only look at everything that already happened within any given case and then realize okay and then make a decision okay did that magistrate or judge really apply the law properly if not then we're gonna reverse it and oftentimes appeals take eternities so Pills apply when you've gotten your ass kicked and you're trying to change it.